right, everybody, welcome back to Sunday's Finest Fantasy Football Podcast. I am here with the one and only defending back-to-back champ, Mr. Mason Paws. How are you, sir? Doing all right, man. You know, glad to be able to get on for this call. Um, we asked uh, Jacob if he wanted to be on here, and I think his exact words were, I'm sorry, man, but I've kind of checked out at this point, so... <laughs> I'm, well, uh, you... <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm glad school worked out so I could get on and, and chat with you about the playoffs. Favorite time of year, right? Yes, indeed, indeed. It's uh, it's the best time of year, man. The holidays, fantasy football playoffs. There's no no other time like it. And um, although Jay Moore, like you said, a uh, little little burnt by the end of a tough season, you and I were just discussing that. Uh, Glizzy, Glizzy Gladiators look pretty good down the stretch, man. Uh, yeah. We are going to to get into the uh, the RIPs, the in memoriams for for all the teams whose seasons uh, are no longer with us. That would include my own and eight or seven others. Uh, so we will get into that first. Uh, as far as housekeeping goes, we're going to get into that first. Then we are going to break down the playoff matchups coming up. Talk about. Uh, who we think may have the best shot to take home the trophy for 2020. It's been a crazy season, Mason. If you got one takeaway from the first 13 weeks of the season, but what what is really jumping off the page at you uh, as we, we bring the regular season to a close? Yeah, final takeaway. Um, I'll do two parts to this. First is yeah. that just this season, even more than others, for whatever reason, no preseason, whatever it is, just – even more injury ravaged than any others. Like I've never seen a year that's been such a wasteland at at running back. Um, Tight end's always kind of a wasteland, but like, especially so this year, Um, pretty much Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, nobody else. So um, just, it's been hard, I think, to like get up and, and I don't know, basically scour the waiver wire every week and try and find guys with a pulse. Um, but it's still been fun, even regardless of that. And then the other thing that's really stuck out to me is like, I just, I mean, I think the league just keeps getting better and better. It's yeah. just, this is the second straight <laughs> year where we've had pretty much the entire league within one game of each other at the end and so many teams in it. And it's like getting to a point where, you know, we're all going six and seven, seven and six, except for the outliers. And it's just like, I think that's a testament just to the fact that everyone is so good and just keeps beating up on each other. And yeah, yep. I think yep. it's a shout out to us, you know? Yeah, honestly, man. Well, well said. It, I really do think it's something worth uh, kind of patting ourselves on the back with that everybody does their homework. We got nothing but great, great owners in this league. Um, that basically ten of the fourteen teams are are hovering right around the five hundred line. Just goes to show. I think the competitive level of the league. Um, everybody's in it, uh, which is exciting to see and. Yeah, I mean, this season, I'm just thankful we had one, man. Um, I mean, this summer, it seemed seemed pretty bleak. <laughs> Two or three weeks ago, it seemed pretty bleak. Uh, and we're not going to count our chickens till we hatch. Uh, let, let's let's make sure we get all the way to the championship. But it really was just so fun. I, I feel like there were so many days in the midst of just a slog of, of COVID season, especially around April. I remember just being so invested in the NFL draft in April because it was the first <laughs> sports thing in, like, two months and I I feel like I knew the backstory and and cousin's middle name of every single sixth round draft pick uh uh, in April um but we got a season man and and although it didn't turn out the way uh 
that eight of uh, these teams wanted. At least we got to watch football. At least we got to be invested. Um, the group me, um, the investment in the league only gets better every single year, like you said. And um, so I'm, I'm thankful for it, man. Thankful that we yeah. got to, to watch a lot of good football. And we still have a few weeks left of good fantasy football action. And then, of course, uh, the playoffs. So yep. with that, Mason, let's dive right in. We are going to start with the, uh, the RIP section for those who are are no longer with us. We we must start, of course, with um, the one and only Jacob Morris and Zach, Glizzy Gladiators, uh, who started off last time we were recording. It was it was a wasteland for these two, but they pulled <laughs> off three wins in their last four games. I actually think that might have been outside of Riley the highest uh, winning percentage of any team down the stretch last four weeks. So um, yeah, man, what. I think maybe what we'll kind of do here is, is what went wrong, um, but what do they have maybe to look forward to in 2021? So feel, feel free to tackle either of those questions. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it went wrong. I think we've kind of talked about it ad nauseum with them. Yeah. Uh, just they went way too heavy, I think, on the rookies right out the gate. And, I mean, if there was a year to do it, this is the year to do it. The draft was so Seriously. stacked, but I think they just kind of uh, missed on the guys where it mattered, um, invested a lot in the Ravens with Lamar and – Marquise Brown and that kind of bit him uh, for sure. But it's funny because a lot of the guys that they took chances on are really kind of coming alive down the stretch, just too little, too late. Um, (laughs) Towards the end, they offered me um, James Robinson and David Montgomery for CMC. And I was like, "Uh, yeah, I don't I don't think so. I think I'd rather have CMC. And then now James and Robinson and David Montgomery go out and, and combine for, I think, like 120 points over the last two weeks. Um, you know, they're, they really put something together down at the stretch, just uh, too little, too late. Um, but yeah. for next year, yeah, I would say, I mean, I think that James Robinson is still probably one of the better keepers if that's who they end up going with. It's just going to have to be whether they uh, trust their head over their heart here and go with him over Lamar. Yeah, I feel like I feel like the the the, the romantic feelings they once had towards Lamar are not not there quite as much considering uh, he didn't get started uh, a couple of weeks down the stretch there. I think Lamar's last start for Glizzy was week 11. Um, so, yeah, I'm thinking they might be moving on at keeper. Um, we'll have to see. Like you said, um, these guys, I think, gambled on rookies and the Ravens, which um, seemed like two good risks to me, frankly, um, and just two of the things that didn't work out for them. But um, yeah, I mean, Cam Akers, man, last week had 21 rushes, 72 yards, and a touchdown, plus I think a couple of catches. So that that's what you were hoping for all along. It just took a long time to get there. Yeah, and that might be a lesson. Enough. That might be a lesson moving forward for all of us. Is you know, I think you take a risk on a rookie or two, um, but it's just so hard to know which of them are going to kind of pop off. I mean, if they had rolled the dice on Claypool and you know, um, some other rookies who had fantastic seasons. T Higgins was a, a pretty good piece for them yep. down the stretch, um, yep. as well. Uh, so really, I, I think their strategy paid off in some ways, but, uh, maybe a little too heavy in the rookie rookie department. So that, that is our, our, uh, memoriam for the gladiators. Um, they'll be back next year. The, uh, the rate at which ISHN handles make the playoffs and even win championships is pretty high. So we will be yeah. anticipating a back, bounce back season for them next year. And that for brings sure. us to 13th place, five and eight, Mr. Madison ladder. This is an interesting team, Mason pretty early on. He was doing real well. Uh, this is a team we didn't love in the preseason, but then had a hot start. Um, maybe kind of turned some heads. People thought it was gonna be better. And then, 
struggled a bit down the stretch. What do you think went wrong for, for Mr. Matty Ladder? Yeah, I think he made some kind of puzzling moves midseason. I never really liked his trade that involves Thielen and Parker. Um, and then, man, it's, it's hard to remember everything when things get shuffled around. He lost Chris Carson there for a, a good yeah. bit, and then also Carlos Hyde, too. So, um, you know, losing your pretty much only functional running back. Pieced it together a bit here and there with some fill-in guys, but I mean, I think he didn't really love his team from the beginning, and then towards the end, I think he saw the writing on the wall and went out and got a pretty good young receiver. Going to be a free agent, but Chris Goblin still you like as a as a solid keeper, maybe not one of the better ones. So yeah, I think uh, one that he's likely to want to forget. But um, yeah, what yeah. do you think? Yeah, I, I think you're pretty spot on there, man. I, I will say um, 1448 points for um, is not. 13th place I believe that's closer to ninth or 10th place in points for um I think he lost quite a few close games um those are the ones that kind of keep you thinking over the offseason wishing it had been uh, a little bit closer but Matty lost five of his last six and um you know that's tough to swallow he kind of went back and forth to start the season win loss win loss win loss win loss and then five of six down the stretch to lose um he was hovering I think right around in that that range of the the 500 teams for a long time and, and kind of fell off the end. And I think Chris Carson was a, was a good gamble. He also had Todd Gurley and um, you know, those are guys that had injury question marks around them, but could be really beneficial when they were healthy. Um, but yeah, I mean, down the stretch the five of those six weeks that Maddie lost, Carson was out for four of them. And in this league, uh, especially with 14 teams as deep as it is with as good as everybody is, if you don't have your star players playing for you, uh, it's hard to win. So injuries, obviously impossible to predict, but there are certain players with question marks around them. And, and I'm going to be interested to see in the years going forward, um, if we start to avoid some of those players more in the draft, or if it's just somebody's got to roll the dice on them, we'll have to have to see how it goes. Yeah, I would say so. Um, so who's up next? Next up is Connor pause, uh, finishing at the bottom of the six and seven teams, second least points for I kept waiting for the turnaround and it just didn't happen for Connor Paz what what went wrong here Mason for your brother yeah um I think his draft was pretty poor um honestly like I think yeah. we both he and, and not to his I mean detriment I wanted Michael Gallup too but that was the wrong guy to get out of the Cowboys um didn't get really a strong running back made some pretty good trades there in the middle of the season the Deshaun Watson by low was just an all-time Connor move and he's been tearing it up <laughs> Um, and then he was kind of carried there in the middle, I think, by Travis Fulgham when we made that trade um, for Michael Thomas. And then he got CEH out of that, too. Um, you know, and I think from there, it's just been kind of like riding a bunch of boomer bust guys. Claypool has had his games where he's won Connor his weeks and then the ones where he's kind of dragged him down. So I think the fact that Travis Fulgham kind of petered out there at the end and the fact that he didn't really have a, a like a star to build around other than maybe Travis Kelsey. Um, was what kind of what did him in just uh, didn't get going fast enough or make the turnaround we expected yeah this is Connor's second straight year finishing six and seven which uh, is a bit surprising Connor's kind of been a team that's traditionally been in the playoffs I think almost every year before that Uh, so a little bit of a slump here for Connor we're going to be looking to see if he bounces back next year Uh, CEH if if they move forward with him kind of as a bell cow back could be a, a lethal keeper but there's a lot of question marks there no 
for sure guy. Although Kelsey, the way he dominated at the tight end position, would yeah would honestly not be a bad keeper option. Yeah, I think you um, could keep Kelsey and be happy about that. Just take yeah. that to the bank because that man's yep. gonna get a thousand yards and like seven touchdowns every year. Just book it. Like it's it's yep. easy. If he sticks with Mahomes and can stay healthy, Kelsey could end up one of, if not the best tight ends ever, I think, uh, yeah. when his career is over. So we will see how that goes. Coming up next, the Papa John, newest dad in the league, wasn't his year this year. Uh, second straight year for John finishing 6-7. and seven. Again, another former champion, another team who is used to being in the playoffs every single year. Kind of surprising to see him finishing outside of the playoffs again. What went wrong for JT this year, Mason? Yeah, um, I think you posted, I think it was you that posted the, like, series of memes in the middle of the season back when John was 5-3, and three. Um, yeah. and I think you gave him a poster meme, and uh, <laughs> nothing yeah. uh, could be uh, closer to the truth, because I think from then on, he went 1-4, and four, finished at 6-7. and seven. He was a beneficiary, I think, in the middle there um, of some pretty weak opposition, but still a pretty solid team here. I think uh, the unfortunate thing is he just got caught waiting on Kenny G um, and then also yeah. was a, a victim of the Todd Gurley roulette um, there at the end when he was just seemingly getting pulled out of games for whatever reason. Um, so, I mean, yeah, the team other than that isn't like anything that you turn your nose up at. Very solid, but I think like just, uh, I don't know, not, not big stars that you can really rely on here. Um, and yeah. Kenny G could have been that for him. Um, yep. So, yeah. I, I think it's pretty pretty shocking. I, I was considering the fact that Aaron Jones was RB5 for the regular season and missed two games to injury. Um, if you told me Aaron Jones would miss two games to injury and still finish RB5, I would have seen John as a playoff team, a championship contender at the beginning of the season. Um, I think, like you said, kind of the, the rest of the foundation of the team kind of crumbled a little bit. and. I really like the Justin Jefferson pickup. Justin Jefferson finished at wide receiver seven this year, which yeah. again, going back That's to Jacob and Zach's rookie strategy, I mean, you just missed narrowly on which which guy to move forward with, and and things could look a lot different. That's just how this league shakes out. But yeah, I, I think uh, the Kenyon Drake um, pick kind of early early on with his first pick, and then trading him for uh, for Big Ben, um, and kind of having Kenyon Drake kind of turn it around immediately after um have actually peel off a couple of good games i don't know if that was part of a bigger trade but the last three weeks drake had 16 24 and 13 so uh that's that's a guy you might have wished you, you held on to a little bit longer um but uh, i think we'll see jt back in the playoffs next year that dad energy he's going to be up late at night uh pondering while he's holding his baby how he can can get back into the playoffs he's a competitor i think we'll see him back yeah I would agree with that. All right. Next up is Andrew Fry, the $500 mill club. Six and seven for Andrew. Last year went five and eight. So Andrew is is hungry as well to get back into those playoffs. Um, what went wrong uh, for Andrew this season? Yeah, this is probably the, the most overachieving team based on the yeah. estimation that we gave. And I think he was a real uh, – um, winner with the zero rb strategy this year like if it, if it was any year to do it it was this year because it really yep. was such a wasteland he picked up miles gaskin and got good time out of him um 
ended up getting Eckler to keep as his keeper at the end. All the wide receivers he had, he hit on other than OBJ, yep. Terry McLaurin been, you know, a revelation. And even though he's down here in the six and seven bunch, I mean, he was three points away from yep. making the playoffs um, and yep. being seven and six, which would have been, you know, a boon for him. Cause he's a, he's a pretty big stranger to the playoffs. Um, <laughs> but even so still like the team here, I think he, you know, just, uh, wasn't able to, to put it together, um, in a string of games when everybody like, you know, had their, their best weeks at the same time. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. What do you see? Yeah, I think I see the same. And I want to give a shout out to Andrew. I know, uh, I was saying, I thought he really overachieved Hunter's giving him a little bit of grief considering he still missed the playoffs. Uh, but, man, I, I think he also had some really solid selections that deserve a shout-out since the draft was kind of the thing he got some grief for, especially TJ Hawkinson might have been one of the best picks of the draft, finishes at tight end three this season. Um, in a, a season where tight end was just a barren wasteland, uh, to get that guy, according to my calculations, 145th overall, um, definitely one of the, the best picks of the draft. So, Kudos to Andrew. Um, I think he's moving up the, the chain, and um, we'll see if he can sneak into the playoffs next year. That brings us to knocking on Evan's door, knocking on the playoffs door. Second straight year for Jackson at 6-7. Six second straight year, barely missing out on the playoffs. Um, just narrowly missing out on points for another guy who, down to the wire, almost made it in. Week 13, you just feel for Jackson. Um, what, what went wrong here for Lenny? Uh, yeah, I mean, the team was solid. I think he, man, how did he start? He kind of sucked out of the gate a little bit, um, which hurt him, um, kind of put it together there at the end. His, uh, his two pronged attack of both Washington football teams running backs was puzzling to me when it started, (laughs) turned out to be super efficient. Um, especially with the fact that Antonio Gibson, I think he got him off of Riley um, for pretty cheap back when Riley had like nine, you know, startable running backs. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was probably the best guy to go for because he was the cheapest. Um, and yeah, Jackson benefited big time from his value. Um, Ridley, you love the pick there. Definitely uh, consider him as a keeper. Um, and then the fact that Josh Jacobs wasn't able to play. Um, here at the at the very end yeah. and was injured in his, his second to last week was probably the thing that kind of did Jackson in. Um, but overall, I think he's improved his uh, station um, with yep. a possible better keeper for this year, too. So, Yeah, I, I have to call us back to week five. This may be one of the most brutal and heart-crushing moments in the history of Sunday's Finest. Week five, knocking on Evan's door, Jackson versus just win, baby. Connor paused. Jackson starts Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo, 77 yards and two interceptions for negative 0.92 points. If Jackson had not started a quarterback, he would have won that game and would currently be in the playoffs. Oh, that's heartbreaking. That is devastating for a guy who has also been hungry for the playoffs for a long time. Oh, man. He had Carson Wentz sitting on his bench with 17 points. I mean, didn't even have to start Carson Wentz. Could have just gone with the chase. Don't start anyone at a position you're struggling in. Just play nobody. And he would have won that game and been in the playoffs. Man, Jackson, my heart goes out to you, bro. That is that is tough. But, uh, it's rough. We'll see but it's a testament, again, to, yes? to the fact that the league is so good right. because the margin of error is so small. It's just one matchup, one week that doesn't go your way, you know. Yep. Negative 0.9 points, and then you're not in the playoffs. Uh, 
which is is a tough pill to swallow, but I think just goes to show how good the league is. Yeah, indeed, man, indeed. Uh, that brings us to so quarantine Barkley. Sigh, Mason. I'll let you you take it here. Give me give me my give me my lumps. I, I we deserve it. Sure. I actually liked your all's team, and for a while there, I mean, when you guys came out of the gate scoring 150, two uh, straight weeks uh, there. And then I think you guys just kind of fell victim to some boomer bust play. Because really, if you look at all the players that you have on your roster now, no one's really ranked outside of the top 25 or even top 10 at their position um, for a lot of these guys. The Chubb injury obviously absolutely torpedoed you all there in the middle. And then Saquon. So if anybody can complain about injuries, I think it's you all. Um, still managed to make a competitive team without it. And then I think also, I mean, the fact that you guys picked Josh Allen where you did um, and he had the season that he did was probably one of the steals of the draft. So I think overall, you know, solid um, injuries you don't like. And then other than that, some boomer bust from Robert Woods. And that was kind of the story if that didn't get you to seven. What do you yeah. think? Yeah, man. I mean, I think, like you said, um, you never want to blame it on on injuries but when you're keeping your number one overall pick in the draft go out bang bang week one week two um I I I am you know I was texting Ryan I I feel decently proud that after those two weeks um we went six and five from that point forward so that that's more than honestly I I was expecting after the first two weeks of the season um you know I I was thinking back to week two playing Alex um, in Monday Night Football. We have a 30-point lead going into Monday Night Football. Kamara comes out and goes for a 40-burger, and and we lose 152 <laughs> to 146. And, man, that one that one hurts when you see Alex slide in uh, the yeah. spot right ahead of you in, uh, yeah. in the playoffs. Um, but, yeah, man, I mean, we, we did have the highest points against of any team in the league this season. Um, Jake Davis having, I think uh, – the second most points against being the other team who just narrowly missed out on the playoffs. So that always stings a little bit, but you know, yeah, you really got to, at the end of the day, say you, you got to make the decisions that set you up for success most. And, um, and we weren't able to do that this season. It, it's sad being on this side of it. We've, we've been hungry for that championship and, and have to wait a, another season longer, but that's how it rolls sometimes. Yeah. Um, so I'll, you don't, you you hate to blame it on injuries and points against, but you're but gonna, that's exactly I'm what I did. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want to do that, but like, I'm going to do that. But you're going to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> well, that brings us to another team who struggled with injuries and had the second most points against. That would be Jake Davis. Uh, Jake had a finishing record of 6 and 7 um i think a, a pretty solid season all things considered with joe mixon um in and out all season george kittle pretty much on the irl season mark andrews dude has george kittle and mark andrews by the end of the season and can't start either of them um and then has logan thomas go off at the end of the season logan thomas finishes at tight end 8 on the season man what is this year i, I don't understand help, help me figure out what's going on here what do you think about jake's team 
Yeah, I mean, I can't say too much bad about it because he just beat my ass um, pretty <laughs> handily um, with Logan Thomas, riding the 24 points from Logan Thomas um, and Kiki Coutier, too. Or Coutier, I don't know how to say his last name. Um, but, yeah, I think, like, when he started, I was like, oh, my gosh, this team might be as bad as the Glizzies. Um, and he went 0-3 to start, and then he put up 180 in week four and looked like he might be all the way back. And then I think he just kind of suffered from um, Jonathan Taylor being stuck in a committee uh, mm-hmm. the whole time. The injuries, like you mentioned as well, just Joe Mixon every single week, I think like, you know, just waiting and waiting and waiting. And then he finally gets put on IR. Like that really sucks to have a guy do that yep. because if, if he goes on IR originally, at least you can like plan for it and then possibly move the guy to somebody who is a little bit more sure footed than you are. But it was like, okay, no, it's next week. No, it's the next week. Yeah. And then also, I mean, I think, you know, one of his highest picks was DJ Moore, which obviously didn't live up to expectations. Who knew that Robbie Anderson was the guy to own in the uh, (laughs) Carolina receiving core. So I think, yeah, we were all stupid. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, injuries for sure. And then some up and down play from some of his top picks. Yeah. I mean, you look at it, George Kittle played four full football games this season and twice left a game early with injury. Finished at tight end 17. That is on the cusp of a tight end one in our season. Playing basically five football games this season. I mean, it, it's it's crazy. Like, there are just yeah. so much uh, different variables working against a team like Jake this season. Perhaps the team I am most interested in, to see how he's going to handle his keeper going into next year. Um, he could go Jonathan Taylor, especially if they really hand that backfield off. But there's question marks there. He could go Joe Mixon, but can he stay healthy? And is Gio Bernard going to take some goal line touches? Is DJ Moore able to bounce back? Ronald Jones finishes as a t- RB1 in this league. Uh, do you go with George Kittle, the, the kind of Connor Travis Kelsey approach, and be yeah. really strong at tight end? Uh, he's got a ton of options here for keeper and no one that feels super obvious to me. So that's worth keeping an eye out on um, as we, we move into the offseason. But anyways, there, there are six teams who have – a whole lot left to play for, Mason. We're done talking about the teams who weren't able to get it done. We want to spend the rest of this episode diving deep into our playoff teams who are in the hunt for the playoffs. Why don't we start off with um, our first two matchups, and then we will get into the two teams who have a bye. That first matchup is between six-seed ISHN, Mr. Alex Lott, versus the three-seed Secure the Bag, Stefan Albiero. We have the podcast matchup that everyone has been waiting for a rivalry yeah. rival rivalry week matchup in the playoffs. You love to see it. Uh, which of the, the co-hosts uh, of double move sports is going to come out here and, and claim themselves as, as the best. We are excited to see. Um, let's break down Alex's season a little bit. Um, what do you see kind of looking back on Alex's season, Mason? And, and what do you see as kind of his chances moving forward? Yeah, definitely one of the stronger teams. I think I picked him maybe to finish first overall. Um, Definitely was high up there. And I think he lived up to expectations um, in terms of the points that he scored. Um, Was a little screwed. I think he, you know, scored less than 100 points maybe one time all season um, and just kind of got unlucky with who he was playing. So needed a little help there at the end. But he snuck in um, and has one of the higher points for um, in the league. Third in the league, I think, yep. 
Yeah, and rightfully so, I think. This is a strong team. Um, very good basis, a wide receiver, obviously, Kamara. Um, up until Taysom Hill torpedoed his uh, receiving value, was just a total cheat code. Um, so he rode that some, too. Um, love the Rojo pick for the time that he had him, moved him at the right time, and got a solid wide receiver in Cooper Cup. I also think that he um, received an advantage in the trade um, where he got Adam Thielen to bought him low, and he's just been, you know, nothing but a top 10 wide receiver there as well. So very strong team, and as long as Julio can stay healthy too, I think he can compete with the best of them. What do you see? Yeah, man. I mean, a couple of really close games go the other way, and, and we're probably looking more like Alex as the three seed here. I, I think this team is a championship contender. I actually voted for him in the group me poll today. Not not kidding. I really – I'm picking this team to go all the way. Um, I I think this team is loaded, man, from top to bottom, and that's no disrespect to any of the teams above him uh, in playoff order. But when I look at this team and I look at the depth of this team, I think we've got to remember – Coming down the stretch here, guys might start getting rested. If a guy gets hurt, um, is his team going to play him for week 15 in a meaningless game? There's obviously still COVID going on in the world. And I I first look at the bench of this team. T.Y. Hilton has scored 43 points over the last two weeks. Um, That's top five at wide receiver in the league over the last two weeks. He picked up Marvin Jones from Ryan and I for a game and a half of 97-year-old Devonta Freeman. Um... Marvin Jones was pretty awful the first four weeks of the season. And actually, when Galladay comes back, Marvin Jones is way better. Um, dude has put up 25, 23, 18 in a couple of the last few weeks. And these are guys on his bench, man. He has depth. Um, looking at his starting lineup, you've got, again, Julio at flex with, with Thielen and Cooper Cup. Um, as far as, as wide receivers go, um, having those three guys, I think, is, is about as solid as it comes. And, and Cooper Cup was... Kind of having a strange season, especially at the start. Had a few really low games. I think he bought him at the right time. Has two games with uh, over 10 receptions um, as of late. And Cup only has two touchdowns. Hasn't scored a touchdown since week four. So if that guy can get in the end zone, um, I think his ceiling can can only go up from there. And then, again, Kamara, RB1 this season. Um, I think if, if Breeze is able to come back, uh, that, that might be the make or break it for, for Alex. We'll have to kind of to monitor that. Um, the question mark for me is at tight end on this team. Uh, he's starting Austin Hooper right now, who hasn't had a, a double-digit scoring game since week six. Um, that's a weak spot going up against some of the, the other teams who are, are currently in the playoffs. It's not a huge strong suit for, for Steph, um, Ferkser. For Tennessee is, is not doing a whole lot, but I think if you look at a team like like Chase, you look at a team like Riley, Darren Waller put up 45 points last week at yeah. tight end for Riley. So the deeper we go, that that may be a spot I'm not sure Alex is able to, to overcome, but otherwise I really, really like this team. Um, I think Kenyon Drake was one of the, the, the more kind of sneaky moves that might have flown under the radar with him picking him up late yeah. in the season. Just a lot of good buys here. A lot of good yes, buys by agreed. this guy. Yeah. yeah. I, I think I think the, the, the name of the game for Alex for, for so many seasons has been the trade game, obviously. Um, that That's kind of uh, well-known within our league. Um, sure. And you and I have talked about this on the pod and, and even off the pod a little bit, that I think Alex drafts as well as anybody, if not better than anybody. And then I think sometimes he's made moves that I've been like, ah, I don't know. I feel like you got antsy. You lost a close game. And, and 
kind of blow it up a little bit and just felt like, man, you know, he's, he's closer than maybe he's getting, giving himself credit for. Um, and I think this year he made fewer moves, but some really savvy moves, um, which I think just kind of go to show, um, what a, what a kind of, uh, uh some strategy and some, Im- uh, improving on what you've done and, and making it, you know, better than it's been before. For sure. Um, yeah. That, I that, think- some some definitely seeing some like hits this year in the yes. trade game. Yeah, whether that's like maturing and and how he views players, or if it's just like you know, this was a good year. Whatever it is, we've definitely seen some very good trades that has um, maintained and even just strengthened how good this team is. So. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And and I gotta say this, man. Uh, I think we might have mentioned this earlier on. Uh, this is flown under the radar again because Alex knows football as much, if not more, than anybody. Alex's last playoff last playoff appearance, 2014. We were yeah. freshmen in college. It has been a minute. But, in the but, wilderness. Guess, what, but guess what Alex did this year? What? He got married, so that means he's due for a championship. <laughs> Very true, my friend. Very true. Uh, the... The prophecy lives on. We will see uh, whether whether Madison was uh, was the good luck charm for him. Uh, Madison did uh, did Madison Orman make the playoffs in the girls' league? All three Madisons. Wow. Three. Wow. I am I am hearing a report that all three Madisons were the top three of Sunday's finest finest. Yes, what Madison was on the top. Uh, Madison Nagy is wanting me to note on air that she was number one in the league. <laughs> Uh, she's also smiling at me, reminding me that I missed the playoffs. This is a common theme in our marriage. So I'd like to move on from this topic as fast as yeah. we can. I think we've said everything we can say about Alex. Sure. Uh, what, about, uh, what about across the, the yes. matchup on this one, Steph? What do you yes. see? Um, you know, I, I think, man, I think Steph's team is, is one of the most, most, most interesting in the league to me. Eight and five, um, really, really solid. Um, that being said, uh, last week was not uh, necessarily, I think, what, what Steph was hoping for. Justin Herbert, four points. Miles Sanders, three points. Um, this team is absolute ride or die on the wide receiver position. Wide receiver two and wide receiver three and Devontae Adams and DK Metcalf. Again, Devontae Adams coming in at wide receiver two despite missing, I think, three games to injury, just ridiculous this season, man. Um, an absolute beast. Uh, I think this team, it it all comes down to whether those two guys can put up monster performances over the next three weeks. Um, otherwise, man, I, I I don't love the rest of this team. I think it's good. I think Justin Herbert, if you kind of toss last week, um, probably the second or third best quarterback in fantasy football this season. So you really like to see that, but. Man, it, it's wild to see the three seed in our league with running backs 35 and 43 starting in the playoffs. <laughs> that yeah, that is surprising, man. Um, what what do you see here in Steph's squad? Yeah. It's it's rough. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, it really comes down to Adams and and DK. We've seen that that you know Adams is an absolute beast. He's going to be like if he can put together the 30, the 40 point outings, then um, there's a path to the championship for Steph. Um, we've also seen uh, DK's tendency to um, disappear in a couple games. Um, and so that could be an Achilles heel if he has one of those games at the wrong time. Love the matchup this week, though. Um, and then, like you said, yeah, the running backs, I mean, they're fine. And I think that Dobbins is probably peaking at the right time, but still a committee there. 
Um, and then David Johnson like looked pretty good last week, but his head has been up and down. Um, so definitely this team, I would say I probably have a little bit less confidence in, um, than, uh, the one that he is playing this week on the gridiron, um, especially with the matchups that he has, you know, Miles Sanders, like somebody who you usually can rely on pretty well, um, has been poor as of late. And then also is playing the number one rushing defense. You got to bench that guy. So yeah, I think that Steph has a strong team and a good team, but I don't think it's, you know, much more than that. And I think that he has reason to, to worry this week. Um, which I guess brings yeah. me to the question then, who do you who do you think is going to uh, take it home in this matchup? Well, I got to say this. I mean, I, I have Alex going all the way, so I'm, I'm taking Alex. Um, but this is Steph's first playoff appearance. He, despite being the three seed, is kind of being unfavored here in our analysis. To me, that just has all the makings of a team who's going to make a run to the championship. It's like always the person that you least expect We've had a couple of teams who have won a championship in their first playoff appearance. Um, it it, it kind of has some some makings of a, a Cinderella story here a little bit, kind of a, a, the haters have never fully believed. I think even from the beginning, you know, when Steph started off hot, um, kind of to start the season on the pod, we were even like, yeah, yeah, we'll see how it goes. And, and he kept winning. He's the three seed. Um, and we're still not giving him maybe the credit that he deserves. So, so I don't know, man. I, I, I could see it going either way. I'm going to take Alex, but I won't be surprised if uh, if Steph comes out with the dub either. What yeah. Do you think? Yeah, I'll take Alex here as well. I think it's a stronger team, um, and I think that the matchups are breaking in uh, Alex's favor too. Um, still think Steph has a strong team, and he has you know the league winning potential in Devonte. Um, so it comes down to whether he scores you know just his normal 20 or if he scores 40. Um, uh, but yeah, I'll take Alex here. All right, well, that will move us on to the next uh, quarterfinal matchup, and that is between Zeke Gotta Eat and C-Mac is whack. Uh, we're going to break down Zeke Gotta Eat first, the five-seed Trent Earps and Hunter Treneman Hunter's first appearance in the playoffs and the first of this co-ownership unit. Uh, the lowest scoring points for for any of the playoffs teams, they actually finished, I believe, eighth or ninth in points for, but they did what they had to do to make it in. Uh, Mason, tell me what you see in your opponent here for the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, um, I think this is a team that I thought of pretty favorably in the beginning of the season. Um, had a strong running back core. Um, uh, wide receiver was a question. I wasn't super high on DeAndre um, this year, but obviously have been proven wrong there. Um, this is a solid team. Um I think that, you know, the Kyler nuke stack has been the story here. Um, that's where a large amount of their points have come. Um, and then they've also kind of pieced it together with some nice pickups. Damian Harris has had a few solid weeks. Tim Patrick has been uh, solid. I think they've spot started him, too. Um, and then have just, I mean, I think kind of like rotated guys through other than that. Um, I will say, I mean, I do think that this is probably uh, one of the weaker teams in the field this year. Um, just what you look at from like Kareem hasn't been getting as many touches or the high leverage touches. Now that uh, Chubb's back, obviously the Cowboys are a total disaster. Chark has kind of disappeared from time to time. So definitely some question marks here, um, but still a formidable opponent, especially um, with uh, Kyler and Nuke playing the hapless Giants. What do you see here? This is what I see. I'm looking at the teams that they beat. And in the weeks that they won their seven games, their opponents scored 113, 105, 101, 100, 
100 again, 91, and 61. They never really won against a team <laughs> that did much. I mean, 113 was the most uh, points their opponent had in a, a victory this season, and 100 was the second most. Um, they won a lot of their games against teams who had stinker weeks. They had, uh, I believe, the second lowest points against of any team in the league. Um, so I, I got to say, the reason I'm starting off in this analysis by kind of maybe not not speaking so favorably is because this was my favorite team coming. This is the team I picked to come in first uh, out of the draft in our preseason analysis. Um, and I still believe that they can make a deep run. Um, but I feel like they still have something to prove. Um, and maybe they feel like we're being a little unfair here. Uh, they're seven and six. They made the playoffs. But again, I, I don't see that they've had any really hard-earned victories this season. Um, so I, I hope this is motivating the squad. Um, obviously, Zeke has been uh, pretty shaky uh, this season, especially the last couple of weeks since, Deke, uh, since Dak went out. Um, Kareem has been a little bit shaky since, since Chubb's return. He's put up nine, six, and eight. So when you look at their position, I mean, Zeke and, and Kareem finished RB8 and RB9. That's really solid. Um, they are not trending in the right direction. And, and as yeah. far as Kyler goes, Kyler – seven and 16 over the last two weeks. That's not what you want to see. Um, and if Kyler's struggling, uh, nuke is not going to eat the way he wants to. So I, I see all the makings of a team who, who could do well, but are not trending in the right direction. Um, so I, I'm not confident in this team coming out and getting a dub this week, but, um, I think they have all the talent to make it happen. Um, uh, perhaps just from a, a talent standpoint, I mean, if you were creating an NFL roster, Kyler, Zeke, Kareem Hunt, DeAndre Hopkins, DJ Shark. That's that's about all the talent you could possibly amass. Um, this is a right. very, very talented team. Yeah, it's team, a good team, just kind of yes. downtrending at the wrong time, probably. Correct. Correct. So I think that's where they're at. Here's the reason I think they can win. The best logo our, our league has ever seen. Uh, it's pretty well sweet. Done. Well done to the lads there yeah. uh, with the Mandalorian logo. Uh, if anything's going to bring them luck, I think it's that. And again, they, they brought that out, I think, for week 13 and did what they needed to do to get in the playoffs. So uh, that's trending in the right direction, Mason. That might, that might scare you a little bit. Uh, with that mm-hmm. being said, we will move on to C-Mac is whack. This is yours, yours truly, Mr. Paws. Um, I will maybe take over the analysis here and let you, you chip in your thoughts uh, kind of it, on yeah. how the season I'll, went. I'll sit back and hear about it. All right. All right. Um, overall, man, I think this is um, a very solid team. Um, I think that kind of considering that you were able to, to make the playoffs with, with McCaffrey playing like three or four full games this season, I think actually only three games now that I'm looking at it. Yeah. Um, here's the thing. I think, I think I kind of was considering early in the season, you know, uh, C-Mac came out beginning of the season, dropped 28, dropped 24. Um, I kind of felt like we were on the verge of a revolution. <laughs> in the league if you went and won a third championship uh i felt like there might have been some anarchy breaking out um here's the thing man you are doing this without c-mac and so i i just don't think we can put it on oh you have the best keeper uh and that's why you're back and you know fighting for another championship no man i mean you did 10 of your 13 weeks without him um granted you had mike davis who was rb10 by the end of the season 
Um, that definitely helped, and you you picked him up in what I think was one of the savvier moves this season. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you did what you had to do to make it into the playoffs. Um, speaking of maybe not trending in the direction that you might want, um, maybe not the, the best couple of weeks for you here these last few. I, I think you lost two in a row, yeah. kind of coming down the stretch. But won three in a row before that, all very decisive victories. Um, and even in both of your losses, you scored 110 and 117. So so nothing too bad there. Here's how I feel about your team. Go most years, I feel like you're the the team I'm most afraid of, and for good reason. You've won two championships in a row. I think you're. I think in my mind, there's this tier of Chase, uh, Riley, and Alex, um, and then I think you're kind of in a, a middle tier um, with maybe with maybe a little less belief in in Trenton Hunter and and in Steph. Um, I don't think you can't win, but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't bet any money on you to win this season. Um, but again, man, you, you find a way to make it happen. You have two years <laughs> in a row. So what are you looking at for your squad going into this matchup? Yeah, I think that's pretty fair analysis, honestly. I mean, I think that, you know, I've been pretty consistently around the one teens to low 120s, except for a couple stinkers there in the middle. Um, so no weeks that are going to blow you away, but none that are going to absolutely kill you either. So it's really kind of up to my opponent a lot of the time. Um, I would agree. Yeah, I don't think it's the best team by any means. It's a solid team and it's got some stars like it's got you some guys that can go for 30, which is what you want about playoff time. Um, like Brady's playoff schedule, it's pretty easy. He loves beating up on bad teams and disappearing against good teams. Um, and then obviously Keenan's Stephon Diggs. You love that Jarvis kind of peaking at the right time. But yeah, I mean, it really comes down to whether CMC is actually going to stay healthy or not. He apparently has a new quad injury that limited him in, in practice too. So if I lose CMC, I think it's, you know, maybe bye-bye in the first round. If I keep him, I still don't think that my team measures up to, like you said, um, probably Riley or Chase's, maybe Alex's. So um, yeah, I'm happy to make say, it, but not much oh, yeah. more than that, you know? Yeah, man. Well, the job in this league is just to get in and Keep your fingers crossed because there's a lot of good teams. I will say that your uh, your acquisition of Keenan Allen in September, um, pretty early on in the season, uh, Keenan Allen, Joshua Kelly, and Jared Cook going your way for Allen Lazard, Julian Edelman, and Dallas Goddard. Whew, that yeah. is one of the steals save, of the save season. Save the season right there. Yeah, <laughs> save my yep. bacon. Yep. Yeah, you picked up uh, Keenan Allen and Mike Davis uh, from Trenton Hunter. Uh, I think we'd give them a little more grief if they hadn't found a way to get into the playoffs themselves and 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 acquired some pieces at the time. I, I didn't I didn't really balk at either of those trades, but uh, I think those two deals definitely saved your season. And and I'm interested to see how it's going to go for Stefan Diggs. I'd, I'd be lying if I didn't say we we're going to be rooting for that guy this season. He's been so fun to watch this year. So we'll see how it shakes out. Also interesting to see what's going to happen with Brady. Um, Brady's been kind of hit or miss. Um, had a week of. 36 points and two weeks later has two points and 31 the week after. So uh, having that much volatility, a quarterback could really help you win or kind of have uh, the, the nail in the coffin for you. Oh, so yeah. could totally that, that. Yeah. That is our analysis for the quarterfinal teams, three through six seeds. It's going to bring us on to the two powerhouses of the league so far this season. Well, you didn't we'll start you didn't, off. Wait, 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 wait a second. You didn't say who you think is going to win the matchup. Ooh, you know what? You know what, Mason? I hate to do this to you, but uh, I think I'm gonna pick Trent Hunter. Um, I I got I'm I'm 
I, I'm really, I, I had this moment of, of kind of being conflicted between am I wanting to cheer for Diggs or am I wanting to cheer for Hopkins, uh, two of my man crushes in fantasy football. Uh, but my, my deepest, truest allegiance probably goes out to DeAndre Hopkins. So I think I'm, I think I'm going to be rooting for those guys. And, and after you've, you've defeated us in two straight championships, I'm not picking you. It's mostly bitterness. <laughs> yeah, that's bitterness. I hear it in your voice. Yeah. yeah uh, give it to it. Feel it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'll back myself in this one. I think if CMC doesn't play, I'll probably I have a problem, and I think it's a lot closer, more of a, a coin toss. But like we said, I think that the, my opponent's kind of um, trending in the wrong direction, um, and I think if CMC does play, then I think I can I can back myself here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Well, that brings us to the top two seeds uh, in a league with so much parity this season. To be able to dominate the way these two did is um, it's pretty phenomenal. Uh, <laughs> Fantastic drafting from both of these two, and then the uh, the strategy from from that point forward could not have been any more different for these two teams uh, <laughs> as far as acquisitions go, trades go. Uh, Chase completed zero trades this season, did not make a trade. Uh, Riley, on the other hand, was was making all kinds of trades this season. Right. Um, Chase finished this season with uh, sixty nine dollars left in the free agent budget. Nice. Um, got plenty. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Got plenty left to spend. Um, Riley only has a few bucks left. I believe twenty-two going into the playoffs. So very different strategies post-draft. Um, but these two teams come out on top. Here's what I'm going to do, Mason. I want Go you to it. start our analysis with the team with the team who you think is second best. Is that Riley or is that Chase? I know who I think is is the team I'm, I'd be putting my money on between these two. But I'm going to let you start with the team who you think is. Uh, second best between these two. Yeah, so I think the second best out of these two is still a very formidable squad and and uh, one to be admired, and that's uh, Chase's team. Right. I think that, um, you know, like, it's amazing, honestly, what he does, just <laughs> being able to stay put. Like, I just, I couldn't do it, but he had a good team. He saw a good team. Um, honestly, if he had had a bad team, I'm, I think he would have done the same thing, honestly. Um <laughs> because he's just chase but that's why we love him um and that's why he has a good team right now um the fact that he didn't get rid of deandre swift he could have cut bait at any time and he had many reasons to cut bait throughout the season um but he's hung tough and if he gets him back you know i think that this team could go all the way um but without him um i think it's you know still a very scary squad the receivers are fantastic tight end a little weak but i mean everybody's a little weak weak at tight end King Henry, you know, when the air gets colder is the time where he starts getting 25, 30, 35 rushes and, and really earns the name Tractor Cito. Um, <laughs> and then Russell Wilson, you know, I mean, he's doing the thing he does every year where he plays like an MVP for eight games and then kind of sucks the rest of the season. But he, you still back him to get 20 points a week, and that's all you need out of your quarterback. So um, very solid team, uh, very big kudos to Chase. Um, he's in a good position, especially with a lot of waiver dollars, too. Um, so yeah, I think that he's good, but still probably second best. What do you think? Yeah, man. Um, I love this team. <laughs> uh, like it a lot. Um, thinking about the fact that Chase drafted Naheem Hines, RB 12 in our league. So, a, a, a RB one positionally 129th overall. I mean, man, to be able to get Naheem Hines, to be able to get DeAndre Swift at the positions he did. I was such a vocal proponent against DeAndre Swift specifically, with the draft position that Chase took him at. And I'm, I'm meeting my words, man. He has really, really been solid for Chase. 
Um, even on just a handful of attempts, this guy has done a lot. Um, if they are deciding to unleash him a couple weeks down the stretch here, it could be could be really helpful for Chase. A big question mark, though, in that, that question itself, the Lions have seemingly very little to play for, but their dignity playing for a new coach. I don't know if any of you guys uh, were reading about the Matt Patricia potential burner account on Twitter. Absolutely hilarious. If you uh, need something to keep yourself entertained over the next couple of days, do a little research on that. Pretty funny. But unless they're playing to kind of tick off their old coach, I don't really see why they would give a whole lot of touches to a, a guy who is the RB of the future. So if you're Chase, you're probably hoping it's Swift. But again, I think when it comes to being elite in this league, you have to have depth that is very talented, and he's got that Naheem Hines. So Hines could easily plug in there. Um, I, I, I really can't even speak about Derrick Henry and Tyreek Hill after they just absolutely unspeakable things to us. <laughs> they just uh, put you in the yeah. dirt, pooped on yeah. you. My whole excuse of how we had the most points against in the league, uh, we were second most before playing Chase, so like we were close, but... Chase basically scored three weeks' worth of points yeah. on us that week. Um, so it's really not that valid of an excuse because mostly that one week he just absolutely demolished us. But did, uh, yeah, did Tyreek have the most fantasy points ever in a single game by a player that week? 57? Uh, 57.9. Um, I'm going to have to – we're going to have to yeah, consult we our can, story. We can fact check that. We don't need to talk okay. about it right now. But I'm pretty sure like Michael no. Vick did something like that, and that was yeah. like the highest ever. Yeah, I will say this. Uh, Tyreek had 39 fantasy points with four minutes remaining in the first quarter of that game. 39 points in 11 minutes. Uh, I'm just going to let that speak for itself. He's wide receiver one on the season. Phenomenal effort from Tyreek this season. Um, Mahomes is, I think, cementing himself as a true legend of the National Football League if he can keep this up. And if he does, Tyreek. Uh, and Derrick Henry is going to be quite the, the keeper debate going into the season. And, and although Russ um, hasn't been quite himself these last four weeks, just 9, 20, 14, and 15 over the last four weeks, um, I think Russ is the other reason why this team is as elite as it's been this season. Um, phenomenal performances from Russ, especially the first, first uh, eight or nine weeks of the season. Didn't have a game under 20 points and was mostly hovering between 29 and 33 every week. That's, that's how you win Pretty football. Pretty solid. Yeah, yep, his problem, though, is, is he's got all his good matchups on uh, his bye week, so yes, I uh, can't indeed. waste all those right now. Indeed, yeah, this squad was built uh, in a lot of ways, I think, to have a pretty pretty stellar week 14, um, but he doesn't need that. You look at week 15, some pretty tough matchups, Tyler Lockie going up a good Washington defense, Robbie Anderson, Hunter Henry, Russ all have some tough ones, but the one I'm interested to see is... Uh, Derrick Henry against the Lions defense, worst run defense in Good the NFL Lord. week two or, uh, in the semifinals and then uh, facing Green Bay in the championship week, which is the third worst run defense in the NFL. And Tyreek playing against the Falcons that week. Um, those two alone could could catapult uh, Chase to uh, uh, his first championship. It's true. Could happen. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think he probably is the second best team this season. Um, and that brings us to the first best team this season. That is Sir Riley Hayes, 10 and 3, um, with 134 points projected going into this. It's just—it's yeah. insane. It's just—it's criminal. The team is—the team is just too good. And this is to his credit too. I don't think that he 
went out here and like you know, like pinned anybody down or like made some like absolutely awful trades with people where there was super lopsided in his favor he just drafted so well and then yeah. made super good pickups i'm pretty sure he was the one that picked up james robinson pretty sure he was the one that picked up antonio gibson so mr quick fingers over here um getting the benefit of those as well and then he was just able to package all those guys for studs that's how he got patrick mahomes that's how he got darren waller i mean these are these are the things that make champions is you basically just get a bunch of solid players and you package them for the highest possible upside that you can think of um, the only thing that I would say on this team that's a slight weakness is maybe Raheem Mostert. And and as we saw at the beginning of the season, I mean, he was, you know, running 70 yard touchdowns like it was his job. So he definitely still has the upside there, even if the team has kind of crumbled around him. I mean, there's almost no weak points here. Um, and he even has the backups to to make it happen if some of his first guys were to get hurt. Tyler Boyd, still relevant. Um, Alexander Madison, if Dalvin Cook goes down. So, yeah, I think this is the team to beat here. Mason, over the last four seasons, regular seasons, Riley's record over 52 games, 37 and 15. Pretty impressive. <laughs> that is unbelievable, man. I'll, I mean, I'll truly, tell you that. Yeah, my record's not that good. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, it, it's it's really phenomenal what Riley's been able to do over the course of so many seasons in a row, uh, being able to uh, consistently, consistently make the playoffs. This is four, his fourth straight year in the playoffs um, to be able to, to win that many games. That's, it's incredible. Um, you know, I, I have spent many, many hours on this podcast talking about how much I admire Riley's ability to, to draft um, Ryan and I even kind of adapted our, our draft philosophy after him this season. Um, and he proves himself again this year, maybe more than ever with the squad that he was able to put together and, and just the pieces, like you said, you know, he, he didn't rip anybody off the crazy, everybody in this league is a good owner, but he made really smart acquisitions. Um, and I think maybe that's what nudges him over the line over chase a little bit is just some of those extra pieces he's been able to, to acquire. But one thing to consider for, for this squad, maybe the only thing that I can say against it is I see a lot of red letters next to players' names when looking at this roster. Um, Raheem Mostert has been in and out of the lineup this year with, with, with injuries. Um, Dalvin's missed a game himself. Allen Robinson is questionable going into almost every week. Hasn't missed a game this season, but has been questionable mostly every week going um, into the matchup. Uh, AJ Brown is questionable as missed a game or two. Miles Gaskin is questionable as missed a couple of games. Um, yeah, there's 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 quite a bit of kind of injury yeah. question marks here, but he's so deep, yeah. man, and he's, he's so deep, good. And he also has the bye week to get healthy, you know? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yep, it's it's crazy, man. And and I think that the other thing to me that that I, I picked Alex as as the team I thought that was going to win the championship, but why I think Riley is is the favorite hands down. You think about how good he is at running back and wide receiver, and you're like, okay, well, he has that much capital at these two positions, then he's probably flimsy at quarterback and tight end. Nope, no, no, he has actually Patrick Mahomes, Darren Waller. That's yeah. quarterback one and tight end two. I mean, it's yep. to be able to reel those two in in trades at the end of the season um, is pretty incredible, good. man. And, and he had to, he had to deal guys like Austin Eckler and Amari Cooper, but because he had so much talent. 
at running back and wide receiver already, he was able to solidify these positions that I think just make him so much more elite than some of the other teams, even in the playoffs. Yeah, that that's right. It's going to be difficult to beat this I mean, team, yeah. man. He's got, he's got 30-point upside at every position, and that's what you like to see out of your yeah. out of your potential champion. Um, yeah, it, it would not be surprising to see Riley put up 200 points in the playoffs, um, which is which is wild. That that, that wouldn't even be wouldn't be shocking. Um, but again, with with injury concerns, I think the the only way I see this team not making it to the championship, and I say this knocking on wood, I pray to God it doesn't happen. Uh, would be if one or two of these guys got hurt mid-game because they have so many kind of um, injury concerns. But he's riding sure. 10 wins in his last 11 and just putting up absolute monstrous numbers, 150, 158, 137, and 141 in his last four four wins. Uh, good so team. Yeah, so it's good, man. Let me ask you then. So you had uh, Trenton Hunter winning that game, and now you have yes. him up against Riley. Who do you think wins that matchup? I think Riley – Absolutely obliterates him. Um, makes it to the championship against either Chase or Alex. According to, to my bets, it's Alex. And uh, and I think if it's any of those teams, um, you know, Steph, uh, Trent, and Hunter, all three guys um, who are, are hungry for their first championship but have kind of hovered around the playoffs, I think, I think the three guys who have been closest to tasting glory and haven't gotten it yet and are in the playoffs this year would be probably Riley, Chase, and Alex. So yeah. um, if it's any of the three of those guys, um, I think there's going to be some some tears of joy shed <laughs> sure. uh, uh, when it comes down to it. But um, I'm going to stick with my guns and say I'm, I'm picking the sixth seed. I'm picking Alex to go all the way. Uh, Mason, if it's not yourself, uh, who do you think uh, takes the crown this year? I mean, I think it's not going to be myself. I think that I'll, I think, like I back myself to beat Triton Hunter, but I think that Riley will just savage me um, <laughs> the following week. And then I think it'll probably be Riley, and I'll pick Alex um, in the championship as well. I'll get the upset there. I think we're agreed right. as well that Alex has a good team, but I'm still going to back Riley here. I think the team's just too good, too deep, too talented, with too much upside. Um, and I'm not going to count on injuries. I think that this is the year that Riley uh, gets the gold, and this is his first championship. Well, there you have it, folks. Our playoff preview and in memoriam for uh, the teams who are, are no longer with us. We hope you had a blast during the regular season. We're sorry we weren't able to do a little bit more of these pods. Um, as you know, for all of us, life is a bit crazy. But hope you enjoyed this one. We will hopefully be back on here, maybe doing one more pod uh, before the end of the season. And our champion is crowned. With that, Mason, any final thoughts? Um... Yeah, only final thought is um, just uh, we, we got to be quicker on the draw next year. We can't let Riley get all the good pickups. <laughs> That's right. This is this is on all of us. This is on all of us. Exactly. So, Collective yes. failing. Is- yes, exactly. Exactly. Well, best of luck to you, uh, seven gentlemen with the co-ownership. May the best man or men win and take it home. With that, gentlemen, have a great week. We will see you next time. It's sad.